The Old Testament reading this morning is taken from the second book of Kings, chapter 2, and reading verses 1 to 12. Elijah ascends to heaven. Now when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went to Bethel. The company of prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. And so they came to Jericho. The company of prophets, who were at Jericho, drew near to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he answered, Yes, I know. Be silent. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the company of prophets also went and stood at some distance from them, as they were both standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his mantle and rolled it up, struck the water, the water parted to one side and to the other until the two of them crossed on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I may do for you before I am taken from you. Elisha said, Please, let me inherit a double share of your spirit. He responded, You've asked a hard thing, yet... If you see me, as I am being taken from you, it will be granted you. If not, it will not. As they continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them, and Elijah ascended into a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha kept watching and crying out, Father! Father! The chariots of Israel and its horsemen! But when he could no longer see him, he grasped his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. The New Testament reading is taken from Mark chapter 9 and reading verses 2 to 9. The Transfiguration. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves and he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. And then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He didn't know what to say, for they were terrified. And then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. 
suddenly when they looked around they saw no one with them anymore but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Amen. Thanks be to God. As I mentioned earlier, it is Racial Justice Sunday today. And we live in a time when ethnic minorities have suffered disproportionately from the COVID-19 pandemic, demonstrating a systemic problem with racial injustice in our society. And this was brought home for many of us uh, throughout the past year with the brutal killing of George Floyd and the reaction with the Black Lives Matter movement that it provoked reactions within our own country. And as the Pope recently said, instances of racism continue to shame us, for they show that our supposed social progress is not as real or definitive as we think. We have witnessed in our own land timid and occasionally dishonourable responses from senior politicians to the protests. The continuing systemic racism rampant within our own Home Office and the hateful treatment of asylum seekers and refugees within our own country and by so much of the media. We have witnessed it locally with the uh, issues surrounding the Napier barracks near Folkestone and the locking up of asylum seekers there in truly dreadful conditions. Such things diminish us as a society. These reminders of racism demand meaningful action to confront and dismantle sinful structures of injustice. And all of us are in need of personal, ongoing conversion. Our churches and our civic and social institutions require ongoing reform. And if racism is confronted by addressing its causes and the injustice it produces, only then can healing occur. Let me be clear. Racism is a sin, and it is a violation of human dignity in which we are all complicit. As Christians, we need to acknowledge and confront our own failings as individuals and as a church. Every single one of us has a responsibility to actively practice anti-racism in all aspects of our mission. Importantly, we need to actively invite people from different ethnic communities to share their experiences and to genuinely listen to their voices, however challenging that may be. I know many of us here at St Peter's have been challenged and inspired by the stories from our friends in the Eritrean church. They have helped us to understand something of the struggles that they faced both during their conflict and also fleeing their country in hope of a life free from fear. It is not enough to simply denounce racism. We are at the stage where we need to act, to dream big, 
to rethink our priorities as individuals, as church and as nation. What do we value? What do we want? What do we seek? We need to commit to act in our daily life on what we have dreamed of. God asks us to dare to create something new. Would a post-pandemic Britain be ever able to overthrow the shackles of racism, fear and hatred? Will we have truly faced down the extremist voices who glorify injustice and loathing? Will we cease from mental fight or will our swords sleep in our hands? Do we even want to build Jerusalem in England's green and pleasant land? Because it can only be a green and pleasant land when freedom rings for all people across our land, our continent and our world. The angels cannot change a world of hurt and pain into a world of joy, of justice and of peace. The task is ours to do, to set it truly free. And so may we live up to that task this day. As I watched the inauguration speech of Joe Biden the other week, I was struck by several things. The extraordinary poem given by the American laureate Amanda Gorman, far eclipsing the oratory of Biden. But I thought also of the other great speeches that have taken place in the National Mall over the years. Franklin Delano Roosevelt's with the, the only thing you have to fear is fear itself. John F. Kennedy with ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Barack Obama, what is required of us now is a new era of responsibility, a recognition that we have duties to ourselves, our nation and the world, duties that we do not grudgingly accept, but rather seize gladly, firm in the knowledge that there is nothing so satisfying to the spirit, so defining of our character, that's giving our all to our difficult task. Obama wasn't as pithy as the other two. Great oratory took place in a place which earlier this year was desecrated by racists, bigots and thugs. And I thought back to possibly the greatest speech delivered in the National Mall. This one, though, not outside uh, the House of Congress, but at the other end, outside the Lincoln Memorial, when Dr King gave his... I have been to the mountaintop, I have a dream speech. In that speech, he talks about the courage to hang on in there in the face of rampant injustice. He calls out the perpetrators of racial violence and oppression. Dr King felt that God had shown him the promised land and he wanted the crowd to know that though he may not get there with them, as a people, we will get to the promised land. The promised land is a place where people will be judged on the content of their character and not the colour of their skin. And today I want to echo that message of Dr King, that wherever there is racial injustice, there is a path 
that leads to the promised land. He talked of standing on a mountaintop and seeing into the future a beautiful vision of hope and justice. And in our Gospel reading for today, we have the transfiguration, another mountaintop, another vision of beauty and wonder. The reading tells us about Jesus and his three disciples going up the mountain to pray. And while they are there, the disciples fall asleep. And this is a recurring theme in the Gospels, is that at critical moments, the disciples fall asleep. But they are awoken by the sound of Jesus talking. And as they looked, they saw that Jesus was transformed right there in front of their eyes. Like Peter, most of us would like to stay on that mountaintop in that wondrous space, far from the trials of reality. Unfortunately, we know that there is work, however, to be done down in the valley where we truly encounter life in all its complexity. So today, on this special Sunday, let us recommit ourselves to the journey. The journey to the promised land, the striving, the determination to simply do God's will. Let the words and thoughts we share today be a source of challenge and encouragement for all of us to shine the light of the transfiguration or revelation on places where injustice reigns. Let us live as if we are still on top of the mountain, gazing at Jesus transfigured before us. May that vision be our unending source of hope as we journey down to where Jesus calls us, knowing that he is with us in all things. Our lives are so much more than we experience through our senses, God in Christ gives us purpose and light, the ability to live our lives for others. The mountaintop experience is not about building tents to protect and contain what we have been given. The light of Christ is not for keeping to ourselves, but is a gift to be shared, a gift to illuminate our issues which divide our communities, our nation and our world today. The light of Christ is a gift which can help bring transformation right here in the valley where we live and love and seek God's will. So today, as individuals and as a church, let us focus our worship, our reflections and actions on recognising and naming racial injustice. Let us be strengthened and emboldened by the mountaintop experience. And let us, in company with Christ, strive tirelessly until all can say, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Amen.